Hello and welcome to another edition of the Yoga Syndicate. In this episode, we'll be discussing communication. So, in light of communication, let's use communication in a different way by actually making a phone call. We're going to call Ellen. Hello? Well, hello, Ellen. There you are. Hello, Ellis. Uh, did you get the memo that this... Uh, did you get the email or did you, did, did you see where I sent it on Messenger or did, did you read me like telepathically that this episode was going to be about communication? And no, but I think we talked about that uh, way back when, when I was up in Haugesund. We talked about that, like we actually used our voices and communicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the same room. Uh, in the, even in the same room. That's, that's kind of analog right there. Yeah, yeah. What's your take on this whole communication uh, um, flurry and uh, hype? Well, what is what is the the hype around just communicating? Do we do we have to communicate anymore? Uh, yes, I think we need to communicate. I mean, of course, we can stay uh, up in our caves and and not communicate, but uh, I think we're social beings, so we like to communicate. And uh, I guess we chose this wide topics because there's a lot of ways we can go from there. Like you already mentioned, this, this is this uh, this is this weird time where we can actually do a thing like this. We can sit in either end of of Norway and we can communicate as if we were in the same room. Uh, so that brings up a question, you know, what is communication? How much of it depends on our reading each other's facial expressions or with us? I think it's easier because we know each other from before. And how much is embedded in just the language and the words that we, that we share and exchange? Yeah, but because, uh, we, because we know each other from before, I can see you rolling your eyes uh, maybe, <laughs> may, maybe a bit more because you, I cannot see you rolling your eyes and, and you know that's a comfort uh, creature comfort mm -hmm. well i mean in in a yoga perspective is there any yoga take on communication at all well there's a yoga take on uh, on communication you could see it in in from different perspective it's certainly a communication in how yoga is transmitted in the ancient time from uh, it, it was all based on a very intimate relationship between the teacher and the student and uh, a lot of the communication was non-verbal if you were a great siddha or a, or a, a great uh, like adept you could you could communicate to your students you can you could transfer power to your students you can you could transfer insight to your student without using any words Wow, so like insight that's out of sight. Insight that's out of sight, yeah, mind to mind, <laughs> you know. I mean, you can still experience that when you are in the presence of someone who, who is re highly realized. You could sort of feel that their mind is very, very different from yours. You can sort of sense their, their state of mind, and, and that can be very relieving and very inspiring. Okay, so like communication uh, in terms of frequency... Uh, is is also something to perhaps discuss, although discussing it would be very paradox because you wouldn't be uh, locked in on that frequency feeling it. But is there is there a frequency um, in between words with just the look of the eye? Um, 
Are we communicating without communicating per se? I think we are communicating. I mean, you can read a lot of like popular, what do you call it, popular science about this, how, how big part of our communication is, is body language. And this current situation we're in is, it puts that in an interesting perspective because so much of our communication these days is so separated from everything else. You know, we have all the so-called social media, all the online platforms where, where uh, you, you communicate totally out of context is, is literally like writing something on the wall. I see. And, and it's open for any kind of interpretation, totally out of context from people who don't know you. You know, they can praise you or they can hate you just based of, <laughs> on something you have written on your wall. Well, that, that, so, that makes things a bit mysterious for the so-called normal person who's not so mysterious to begin with, that they, mm -hmm. they kind of put something out there, but they, they know that people are wondering, and it makes them go to bed at night and go, they must be wondering of whether, and then, and then at the end of the night, no one was wondering, because the first thing they do when they wake up is, is not take a breath, it's not even standing up, but they turn over, grab their phone and go, oh, nobody liked that post. <laughs> that sounds pretty much like me. Okay. But it, also, it also makes it a little bit exciting, you know, because uh, you never know how people are going to respond to what you, what you put out there. And I remember that actually from my past as a performer. You're there on a stage in a black box, and more often than not, you don't actually see your audience because the, the light is shining towards you, so they're just like a black hole out there, and you have no idea how they, uh, how they react. And sometimes you do see them, but they sit with like very blank faces, and you think, oh, they hate me, they hate me, they don't like what I'm doing. And then they come up to you after and they are just crying or they loved it and they got so much out of it. And it turns out they were just focusing. They were just concentrating. So they had on their like bitchy, focused face. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you, so you can't always rely on, uh, on, um, on uh, what people express with, uh, with their faces and bodies either. So basically we cannot rely on our audience, but we can rely on the black hole. <laughs> We can project anything into the black hole, you know, and, and we do, but uh, I think it's uh, uh, also the, the state you're in when you're performing, it's kind of a, a hypersensitive state as well. And I think you can't think about your, uh, your audience. You sort of have to focus uh, much more on, on what you're doing in the moment. It's kind of, a, it's, very, it's very liberating. Yeah, I like this non-scripted communicative chat about communication because when you mention <laughs> audience and stage mm -hmm. um you're bringing up the element of you know an audience often is so um hooked and focused on who's standing on stage and what they're doing that's almost like you're they're at the, the edge of their seats waiting for the person to make a mistake and when they don't then they feel like they got their money's worth but if <laughs> if the person did make a mistake then they would definitely buy tickets the next night to see if they got around the mistake or are we in communication waiting for people to make mistakes? Oh, you know, that's why I always loved uh, improvised performances, because you couldn't do any mistakes, you know? Ah, it was improvisation. Yeah, it's, just, uh -huh. yeah, it's improvisation. You don't make any mistakes. Maybe you make a mistake if you lose your, uh, if you lose your um, uh, presence. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, what, what, what about... 
less 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 perception then you could uh, then you could make this mistake of you know being on autopilot or doing something extremely boring or repeating yourself well consider be- consider the opposite with more perception <laughs> that you're so perceptive that you in communication you decide to make a mistake so that people will go oh you're just like you know when you just mentioned earlier you like well that sounds like me you know uh, mm-hmm. it was very endearing and charming to hear that such a great uh, learned yogi, uh, the first thing she does in the morning is turn over to see if someone liked uh, a post she put out on Instagram. Um, did, did you, in saying that, that made me go, ah, do, <laughs> do we use that, that, that card um, where we play on people's feelings by intentionally saying, hey, I'm not perfect, watch this. And then you put a pie in your face and go, oh, look at what I just did. Um, is communication also, can you work it uh, in your favor by being weak in communication? Oh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say being weak, but uh, putting down your guard is something very attractive about that. So that's definitely a card we, uh, we uh, could play at all times. You know, it's, it makes people relax. It puts their, card, their guard down. They say, okay, that person is not perfect. Huh, I can breathe. I can relax. Let my shoulders down. So it's actually a, a great uh, a great thing that, that that we should do, like our friend Alain de Botton said. We should uh, we should uh, always we should introduce ourselves in in that way. This is the way I'm crazy. This is the mistakes that I make. What are yours? Mm. So you you put your guard down, but should you keep your cards up? As I just make a pun on the mistake you made with the cards. Are we, are we holding a lot of cards? Are we, are we already three or four sentences? Uh, ahead of ourselves just just like i am now i hear you say something and three sentences later i'm bringing it back into the the conversation are we are we trying to be clever are we holding something close can we can we in fact potentially communicate on the cuff like this is me always and it, and what i say or what i don't say is coming from me right this second or do is there always an agenda in this human mind of ours well, I think that's an illusion to think that you have some kind of essence that is more truly you than than anything else. I think we always have a. It's it's part of us as human beings to have an agenda. We have an intention with maybe not an agenda, but a certain intention with what we're doing. Like now, you and me, we want to make sense. We want people to listen to our podcast, so we want to say something that that makes sense in some way. Uh, we could, of course, chosen to do it in a in a different way and say this is like uh, uh, this is like a thirty minutes verbal improvisation by Ellis and uh, and Ellen, but then we might call it something else and and then we but that would also be another intention, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean it's yeah it would be a different intention. I, I heard a, f- a friend last night. He goes, uh, we were talking about that. You know, we started this podcast and we're getting good response so far, so good. Blah blah blah. And he says, yeah, but listen here, mate. You know, uh, a podcast is like an asshole. Everyone has one. And mm-hmm. uh, and he goes, it's not a matter of being necessarily different, but it's about communicating in a, in an understandable way. And and um, bringing this in light of this title, Yoga Syndicate and communication and and agendas and no agenda in in your everyday um wanting your both your body and your mind to 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 sustain you know the wear and tear of of an average day uh in in an average uh, beautiful mind is there is there any uh way that you like metaphysically literally through practice can find your 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 inner voice uh, uh, more clearly, or is 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 that something you don't ever really consider? Is that 
not a means to an end. You're 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 not really concerned about communicating better, and that's why you you know you stand up in shirsasana in a headstand pose, um, hoping that your head will will get more blood or less of it. I uh, can yoga help us to communicate? No, I definitely think about how I communicate. I think I I think about it all the time. And uh, uh, I write a lot. That's one way I, I tap into my inner voice. And uh, if I if I ever had an inner voice, uh, uh, or just my I would say my stream of consciousness, because we're not aware of uh, the the hundred things that goes on in our mind at at any time. So it it can be very clarifying to sit down and 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 just write. You know, uh, three pages shorthand without lifting the pen and see what comes out it might be just bullshit but it might uh, be something uh, from deep there that you were not uh, even aware of and i think also how we uh, choose to to present ourselves is always a thought behind it is not uh, it's, it's not just about you know taking a picture and putting it on your social media but you want to contextualize it in some form or or the other so um, i think there's definitely always an uh, an agenda and um, i do both i sometimes i really want to say something and i want to kind of test it if if people are are, are with me if it's something uh, something I have deeply reflected on, and that is important to me. I I, I spend quite a bit of time on uh, on writing about it, on making a, a an entry, sometimes a bit longer entry, and see if anyone responds to it. Yeah, I like I like what you're saying about the concept of um, you know, when you introduce yourself and how you can you can practice that and and just like you know in Surya Namaskar when you're doing the, your your sun salutations, how you you sort of perfect and understand how you pivot and how you hold your arms in and how you lift your head up and not your chest and the shoulders back and how you push off the soles of your feet and not just push off the hands. But And and all of this too, you know, if you're making an introduction uh, or if you're sliding into a good presentation or just meeting a new person uh, randomly that, that makes you want to flip your hair back in the middle of your communicating to show them that you are a gazelle out on a field and maybe you think this person is very attractive. So we we can practice that, but do we practice that in numbers? You say that you use writing as a medium. Um, when you when you want to get better at communicating, would you ever do anything like stand in front of a mirror and have a conversation with yourself? Absolutely. I do that all the time, Alice. I often have conversations with myself and I had that since I was a child. <laughs> I sit and I rehearse what I'm going to say. And I do it sometimes before I'm even teaching a, a philosophy class. I I rehearse it. Mm. I rehearse it. I write the points down and I rehearse uh, some sentences. Uh, so I treat it like you know, uh, like a performance because I know there's gonna come a time you know when it's a little bit we're a little bit into the deep matter and, and people's eyes are going to slide uh, half shut and they're going to change position lower and lower, sinking towards the floor. And that's the time to pick up your voice or introduce a new subject or ask them to get up and walk around or, or give them a task or pose a question or something. So I absolutely do that. I, um, I do rehearse that. And uh, it's probably due to my, my own experience as well that I had so many you know, we've all had very, very incredibly boring teachers. So mm. we, we, we don't want to impose the same on, on others. We want to try try to keep our audience awake. Well, what about so, this? Yeah, I love that. I love talking to myself. I do it a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, 
it's something that I could definitely learn. I have nice little conversations, but it seems like I'm always whispering to myself. I'm not, I'm not really talking to myself. Um, mm. I'm thinking about the opposite then, the mass imposing of communication on society. Like, um, for example, people in Texas, they don't talk Texan anymore. Nobody talks like this. Y'all want to come over for dinner now? Uh, yeah, bye now, you hear? Uh, there's, there's no more Texan in the Texan. But in America, mm. even these, this femininity of a beautiful woman's voice, even that has disappeared. Is, is communication dialect and can dialect uh, cause women that are so astute and so academic to want to be perceived as very professional and that they get really groggy voices like everyone in America has gotten? Is, is, is there a communicative like uh, mass rape going on where people are not aware that they're losing their voice? Mm-hmm. And, and does voice, uh, on the second end of this question, does voice um, in itself, is that something that if you learn to monitor in terms of decibels, in te- terms of high versus low, will it make an impact on your ability to deliver a, a good message? I think it's uh, it's always an advantage if you have a, a pleasant voice, of course. Uh, if you don't have a pleasant voice, you have to have a lot of charm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can I can relate to what you're saying. It it is certainly this disease of uh, I don't know why it why it is. I I heard someone talking about it as a kind of academic crack that you kind of put your voice you 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 put your voice an octave down. It's like <laughs> you talk in a lower in a too low register so that your voice cracks, and it makes you sound more important or that's the perception that that people think it, it makes them sound more important or more learned i don't know if they if they talk with a with a lower voice i, I like when you talk mm. with that voice it's it's almost like like uh, somehow i i got uh, i got to go in that schizophrenic part of my mind in mm. hoping that you were a different person <clears throat> suddenly i felt there was a third person on the panel here or on the phone this, um, this person here this person here you mean yeah that person there yeah, that really person. Yeah, well, I, she, she doesn't come out very often. Now you're from Norway. Do you guys even do that in Norway? Do you guys sync your voice uh, like that? Oh, yeah, I think academics does it. Uh, academics uh, do it and politicians do it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Mm. Not so much women, maybe. No. What about children? They, they definitely don't crack their voices like that, do they? They don't crack their voices. They whine on top of their voices as much as they can. Hmm. What about silence as a communication form? I mean, some of the the greatest poetry I, I've ever heard is is geared around what I'm doing now, and that is allowing mm. space in between not only thought and reason and sentence structure, but also in between words. Um, is the break, is the pause in between things, the space, this ether? Is it is it also a good communication uh, pattern? I think poetry is only a silence inducing. Uh, that's kind of the hallmark of, of good poetry, that it creates this space. Uh, but it also, uh, and now I want to get back to some theory here, at least. Do it. But uh, uh, with poetry, it's, it's also, it also opens new territory for you. And it, you, we might see that new territory as a kind of spaciousness. Because, uh, you know, poetry, it uses language in an uncommon, unexpected way. 
And uh, if we think about, um, you know, um, basic like philological theories that our our perception is uh, is limited by our our language, so we can we can basically we perceive what we have language for. So it means that um, uh, it means that uh, yeah, what we don't have any language or can put any words on, we we don't we don't perceive. Mm. So we flip that around and look at at poetry that that uh, juxtaposes words in an uncommon way. It can open a new territory for us. It can actually give us a new uh, a new perception. It can make us see things in a new way and gives us even like a visceral sensation. You know. Wow. Mm. I, I, I really love what you're saying because this is like tuning in on tuning in. And um, as these uh, listeners of this podcast now are tuning in uh, on tuning in, I'm thinking about um, communication in terms of languages versus countries and how many words one has in the dictionary. And as you're saying, yeah. and as you're saying what's missing is something that is not known. Um, yeah. For example, the English language is so full of many, many words in the dictionary, but the average uh, nowadays understanding of the English person's own language is is sinking just like some cr uh, corona curve that's flattening out. Mm. People's understanding mm -hmm. of their own language is flattening out. In other words, ignorance, I wouldn't call it stupidity, but sort of a lack of, a lack of knowing, uh, mm. not, not your boundaries, but, but what is even possible by the use of language and the the wonderful um it's it's like buying a set of crayons where you just have the primary colors and forget that there's there's lots of uh mixtures and and you know the big box of crayons so mm. you know do you do you think that language uh, in terms of for example something so ridiculous like the number of words in a dictionary um can make in and, and the ability to speak your own language or to speak like you and I do, many different languages. Yeah. Do you think it makes a difference when it comes to communicating? I think it's interesting what you're saying and you're mentioning the, the English language. And we could also look at it this way, that uh, there's a, actually a great population, part of the population of the world, who are now speaking a language that is not their mother tongue. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, like English is becoming the language that, that uh, everyone uses and certainly in all the media, and myself included. Uh, and when you mention dictionary, you know, also what we, um, I, just, uh, I just completed my, my master in, in philology, interpretation and translation. And one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the views when it comes to translation is that translation is actually impossible. Because there are no there are no uh, uh, direct co uh, coherence between two languages. Language is a is a definition is defined by our society. It's defined by our um, by our surroundings, by our unique experience, and and in that way there are there are not two languages that you can tra translate directly. That's complete an illusion. Well, then in a in a yoga sense, that's like just yeah. Like Mm. Coffee in Norwegian is not the same as coffee in Italian or coffee in uh, in uh, America. We know that it refers to something different. Exactly, like when you just just but, the just the sound of the word tree in in English that goes tree, and then you have in Norwegian yeah. tre, and then you have exactly. in Germany baum, it, it and then you a, have arbol in Spanish. Yeah. And gives and a different feeling, a different. It does. Of, refers to a different frame of of reference. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, 
so we, we can't really we can't we can't really translate or every time we're doing an, an act of translation we are translating between cultures so it might even be that we need to exchange the world words to find something that is closer to what we are trying to uh, to portray mm. so we could also say that the fact that everyone speaking english uh, these days is taking out a lot of the colors uh, that we would uh, usually paint our our language with which might be uh, why the english speaking natives are also be speaking very simplified english because yeah, they they exactly. they're, they're curtailing not to it's not like the you know the english is a second language people are ruining it for the english is a first language they're just getting better at speaking it than people that speak it as a first language so then that mm -hmm. also that also creates a little conjunct in yeah, uh, communication with, uh, with globalization a kind of conflation of uh, experience and a conflation of, uh, of language to the smallest common denominator oh i love it's this bad. What about what about back to yoga and back to mantras, and uh, yeah. and and mantras, um, where just the sentiment in the mantra is definitely more important than than you getting through it and speak, saying it, or or yeah. is it the intention that's the, that is the the key? And as long as you have good intention and and fumble all the words, then then you're 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 performing this man, mantra beautifully. Or is is there a little is there a rule in communicating or you know, uh, sounding out a mantra. Well, I think it depends on the on the on which tradition you're talking about. So we could say that basically the Sanskrit mantras uh, are resting on the idea that uh, in the in in the Sanskrit uh, context, language is like the smallest common denominator of reality. If we boil down reality, the the smallest constituents that we come up with is vibration, which is uh, embedded, which is language. So, uh, in in uh, the uh, Sanskrit view of uh, of language, the the worldly order, um, the worldly order uh, pertains to to grammar. It follows grammar. So you need to uh, so you need to speak. It's a special skill, actually, to be able to speak uh, correctly. You you uphold the worldly order by speaking uh, correctly or reciting correctly, which is what the what the priests were, were doing. Uh, and in that way, when we're using uh, mantras, so the mantras are like often the the essence of a of a deity, like Om Namah Shivaya. Uh, Om in itself, we could have a long di discussion on. So uh, so the mantra is a way of uh, of evoking. Uh, the essence of something. Um, so I think it helps that uh, if you if you know that when you recite the the mantra, and uh, it's also but you could also say that it's a way of just stilling the mind. You know, rather than having sixty different thoughts, you could focus on one thing, and you could focus on a very physical way. Also, you feel the vibration in the body. It calms your your thoughts. It gives you a point of focus which is the whole uh, kind of base of uh, of meditation that you try to to focus your your thoughts or your mind on on one thing and then we could see in, in other tradition that the mantra is also connected with a, a, a certain place in the body like we have these seed syllables that uh, represents um, 
different places in the in the body or in the Tibetan tradition we also have the seed syllables of the of the different uh, deities so you could use a mantra with uh, certain visualizations it's it's often done in in that way mm. wow mm. i mean do you have any uh, do you have any quick fix or little small uh, a little tips to someone that's new to yoga uh, in how they could use their voice in a simplified would it be would you tell them you know, start off with Om, or would you say start off with Atta, Yoganu, Shasanam? I mean, where where would you tell them to start off? Uh, if they were, would they should they should they do some sort of, you know, um, should they should, should they start off with uh, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha? And uh, is is there a start off point when it comes to mantras and communicating and and yoga? Uh, I do. I tend to do the the mantras that I'm given within my tradition, which is like the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Uh, I think it depends. You could also just do a, a mantra that you like. You know that 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 feels good to say and and focuses your mind and and makes you happy. I think you could you could also just do that. Yeah, because if it's the Ganesh mantra or the Shiva mantra. Right. Or if it's just if it would just be chanting Om, that could uh, that could also be that also be good. Or if you wanted to take something from the Tibetan tradition, you could do like uh, all the Tibetans do and uh, and chant the six uh, uh, syllable mantra Om Mani Padme Hum. Wow! And you could think about liberating all sentient beings uh, at the same time. Hmm. That's kind of like Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. Yeah, you, yeah, mm. similar, but it's uh, in the Tibetan tradition. It connects with the uh, with Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara, and the six syllables pertain to the six realms of uh, of existence. Uh, there are six kind of um, mindsets we could say that you could be born into, and uh, they're all uh, suffering. They're all marked by suffering. Mm. Uh, so Do, you could think of, you know, liberating people, liberating not just people, but liberating beings wherever they are and, and chant the mantra. You know, since suffering is a big part of, 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 of how, you know, a lot of this, uh, at least also uh, in the, uh, the Hindi, not only in the Buddhist uh, perspective, mm. uh, that suffering came, seems to be sort of, you know, a common ground for for all religions. Yeah. When, when explaining the opposite, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to uh, go away from suffering and, and different tools to, to help us do that. Now, it seems to be in modern day times, since there's a lot, not a lot of physical suffering, at least in the, the West, as we keep mentioning uh, as a tag word, the West, um, we know that people are suffering in certain homes and there's atrocities going on everywhere. Nothing new. But with communication, it seems to be a really primal source of suffering. Like, like you say something, uh, and afterwards, you're like, "Oh my God, why did I say that?" Um, is do we do we get do we suffer greatly because of communication? I think we do suffer because of uh, communication. I mean, think of how you can be hurt by by someone's words. It it is kind of strange in a way that uh, you know. Um, just some words can make you so incredibly miserable because it, it, it's not like the words are like whipping you or cutting you or burning you or anything like that. It's just your mind or your sense of self that, that gets hurt. And uh, 
you will get hurt by something that someone else will not get hurt by. So it's, it, it, it's so you know, verbal communication, just words, it, it suddenly pushes your buttons. It but does. only to the extent that you have your buttons open for <laughs> pushing. And it's not only speaking, but it's the, somebody else's uh, capability of listening to what you say. It's like hurt versus heard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did someone actually hear me? Or is this just a great big plethora of that everyone is so pacified from their devices that no one, no one's paying attention anymore? And maybe that's why mm. I'm losing my language because each time I speak, mm. the message is not getting across. Um, mm. Yeah. So, in in terms of you know um, communication um, on, uh, in terms of technology, do you think uh, we've lost sight of our ability to to actually speak because we? We're, we're using a lot of time writing our thoughts down in messages? I think we should make an effort to, uh, to listen to each other. It's such a great gift to, to give someone. And uh, so few people these days, Ellis, are able to, uh, to actually listen or willing to listen. We spend so much time trying to get her get, uh, be heard and uh, to expose ourselves. So uh, yeah, actually listening to someone is, uh, is one of the, the generosities that, you can, uh, that we can perform as a, as a yogic uh, practice. Mm. Yep. Generosity, yeah, it, it is a generosity practice, you know, uh, because listening to people also gives them a sense of safety and, and protection from fear. And uh, when you listen for a while, you could, you could be more able to give someone a good advice, which you can't do if you're not listening, if you're just like... Uh, anticipating what you're gonna answer. Am I? Am but you I, don't really. You don't really let it sink in. Am I listening in right now, or am I anticipating the next opportunity to speak? What What do you feel? Do you can you feel it? <laughs> am I listening, or uh, maybe a little? I think you haven't. I think you're doing both, and I think we're all doing. We're we're doing both in a, in a unless we're in a kind of therapeutic situation where we're doing very very deep uh, uh, listening. But uh, it's it's crossing over all the time. I think you're listening, but I think you also. Uh, well, it's like that, you know. I say something, and it it, uh, it triggers something. It sets you off in in one direction, and vice versa. It's like the poison of the path with Osmati and and your ego. You 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 can't live with it. And you can't live without it. But uh, you need to you need you need to steer it well, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's in any good relationship is it, a give and take, isn't it? It's not just the, with the one person talking all the time. No. Mm. Well. Um, since we both uh, have definitely um, expressed um, perhaps enough on the subject, I don't know, did you have any uh, more communicating to do about communicating? Um, more, uh, uh, no, uh, I, I don't have that. I was going to mention something, you know, I, um, I remember I had a, a, someone that was new to our uh, yoga studio, and, um, you know, often when people sort of discover the magic of yoga, or at least they, they're communicating in a way that, you know, in fact, physically the tears are coming out after class and they're just like, this was really great. And, you know, I don't know why I didn't do this before and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and then they get into this, you know, well, what should I do from here on out? And I, I found one time in giving someone an answer that that's the answer. That's my go-to answer. And it has to do with communication and it has to do with your voice. And I said, you know, you just need to monitor where you're at on any given day. Um, 
you know, it's like when I asked you in our what is yoga talk, what is yoga? And you goes, well, I guess that depends who you ask. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in, you know, in light of what you said there, that communication is very individual. But one thing that's definitely um, antagonistic is how the individual um, could hear their voice at the end of the day by mm -hmm. reflecting on if you could actually physically record your voice. I told this, this particular lady, I said, you know, record your voice at the end of the day and understand how you speak, how you initiate um, a thought and how you express it. And when you play it back, is that a voice? Are mm. those thoughts pleasant to you? Um, uh, do you think that it's important to, to record your voice and, and, um, and, and play it back to yourself uh, at the end of the day just to, to see where you're at and what you actually need instead of saying yoga is a one-stop shop for everyone? I think we're often not aware of how we're communicating or how what what we say what it sounds like you know to other people we have to always we have to put ourselves in in other people's shoes sometime and and see how how might they perceive what we're saying or how we're speaking or the tone of our voice um that much said I just wanted to go back to what you said about you know people crying or having a, a very profound experience coming to yoga class I think that also has to do with uh, with with not speaking actually of being with people in the way that is is not the usual conventional way where we communicate with language and ex exchange pleasantries and and discuss stuff uh, and I don't I think people don't always realize that that uh, being in class with other people is a is a tremendous support is a is a tremendous contribution from from every everyone who participates in in that class but both the teacher and the and your uh, uh, peer uh, students and um, there you there you go you you know you you just you're summing it up that, that this togetherness is creating a certain vibe but you know on in in light of what you're saying there's a lot of silent retreats uh, mm -hmm. where there's the no communicating is there is the same vibe occurring or between people are they actually saying more by saying nothing yeah i think when you go on the silent retreat uh, then you then you realize how much uh, <laughs> how tiring all this communication is actually how much uh, wasted the language we we use and and how nice it is to to just be quiet together uh, it's uh, it's really a relief, and I, I would recommend it to to anyone to go without speak, speaking for uh, for some days. What about you know the silent retreat? That's almost like coming to Norway because if you say hello to anyone in the forest, no one ever says anything back. Um, so going to Norway and living everyday life is almost like a silent retreat for for a foreigner. Because yes, uh, uh, why, that's interesting. Like for example, in Norway, we'll just take Norway as an example that. When you when you say the word yes, uh, like they say in Spanish, "cc," in Norway they go, yeah. they almost pull it backwards. Do you think that? Um, yeah, it's like, um, it, are they afraid of the yes, or is you know? Do you understand how foreigners sort of feel or take this personal? Is like like you touched on earlier with language that people um, they understand their boundaries, but above and beyond that, it's like. Um, uh, do you, do you think every country would 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 benefit from having two languages instead of one? Mm, that I can't know, but uh, I think with uh, with Norwegians, I think we're notorious for not being good at small talk or uh, pleasantries. Uh, 
So we, it's often a little bit awkward when we meet strangers because we, we don't know what to say. And if we don't have any, anything to say, we don't say anything. And that's that's actually a great thing. Uh, I've been living. In, <laughs> I think so. I think so too. I think it's you know. Great you know. I I grew up in the states, and it's 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 survival of the fittest. And if you're going to be one of the fittest, and you're going to do everything in some sort of compromising someone somehow some way, because in a capitalist society like the U.S., if you can't talk, you got to walk. So it's 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 really a my way or the highway society, and uh, yeah. if you don't play along, then you know you're going to you're going to suffer unless you're extremely smart and and are bringing something to the table that you can keep your mouth shut. Um, I'm not that smart, so uh, I really appreciate coming to a place where I don't have to exercise um, an overusage of my mouth in 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 talking too much because it's it's exhausting and you 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 truly do muffle up your capacity to take in oxygen when you're mm. always pushing out a thought and Americans. And I find myself even to this day guilty of that, you know, crime in some conversations. I'm just like, okay, now, um, maybe you can start being a bit quieter here now. Mm. Um, it's getting to that, uh, the edge of overkill. So, um, maybe this also is a good time to stop this podcast. Um, I just want to tell you, how, did, did, did the phone thing ask you, did the, did the phone thing work uh, okay for you? Because we, we, we intentionally decided to use the phone when talking about communication. Um, mm -hmm. In summary, how did the phone work for you? I think it works well for me, uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, because now I'm, I'm not looking at you. You know, I also get distracted when I, I look at you. <laughs> M must be my hair or <laughs> or my lack lack thereof lack hair of yeah. the way you sit and now i just have this like little black square to to look at and it's, it's less distracting and i have my notes so i can just kind of go back and forth so and um, maybe it's also a good thing to to leave out that part of the 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 nonverbal part of the communication and just stick to the topic well, good. Um, I'm glad that we're sort of in agreement there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and now that I feel that we're sort of in agreement, can we communicate telepathically? I think we do that all the time. Okay, we just, we just don't want to, like, uh, we don't want to put it on our list in, in, in terms of actual truths, because mm -hmm. in anything that's like that is just, uh, this is, you know, witch burning time. We don't want to talk like, we have powers to do such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, but who knows? You know, we, we, we know what we express with our mouth, but who knows where, where, where what is the limit of, of our communication, you know? Mm. We, we don't know. How can we ever detect that? Well, just like the, the black hole in the theater uh, example you were talking about, or the black hole of this actual universe that we're a part of, I'd just like to wrap up this uh, communicative uh, potpourri by saying... Thank you to Ellen on the other side. And thank you to you, the listener. And hope you enjoyed this episode on communication. This is the Yoga Syndicate.